2: Friends, this is ancient English actor Alan Cuthbertson. Yes, you saw me last week in the movie Room at the Top as George. Do I sound different now? Of course I do. That's because I'm such a great actor, and you all like actors very much. So I suggest that you tune in to this podcast if you haven't already. And honestly, if you haven't, I don't understand how you could possibly be listening to it. But technology has advanced in the years since my death. Ah, uh, so enjoy this rollicking experience with Brendan and Jason as they talk about uh, a movie that is not last week's Room at the Top, but a different one, and in this case, it is this week's film, Local Hero. So enjoy. I'm going to go have a bit of a drink. If you'd like to join me afterwards, I'll be there. I may be having a bit of a rough go with my secretary, but you'll be invited, don't worry. Just knock twice, I'll know it's you. Goodbye. Thank you... Alan? Gotta see him in more stuff. He's just so charismatic I've got some bad news oh he's since passed fuck (laughs) god damn it you have the worst luck with that did he die right after he did the sequel to Room at the Top (laughs) coming soon
1: uh I don't know but I I don't even know that he's dead but I'm sure he is ah he must be
2: Surely everybody in that movie is dead. Yeah, well, it was 1959.
1: He looked to be about 62. Yeah. But then again, we know from watching these old British films, you could look 62 he and be He was in 20- pretty good
2: shape as he walked away. Well, you could look 62 and be 23, that's right. as we all know. Yeah, well, just, and it wasn't a makeup thing. It was just, you look 62 because you just, smoked 1,400 cigarettes a day. That's right. C. Grant, comma, Hugh. That's right.
1: <laughs> but Jason, this is a podcast. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, uh, thanks. <laughs> Real improv partner. <laughs> yes, and. Uh, no, but! This is a podcast called
2: For Screen and Country. And what the fuck do we do on this show, Jason? We are watching through the top 100 films of the British Film Institute. Uh, well, the top 100 British films of the British Film Institute. Yes, not the top 100 South African films of the British nope. Film Institute. No, nope. we're saving those for next uh, podcast. Uh, we're going through them randomly with some dice. We watch them, we talk about them, and then we want to hear what you say about them, and we try to have some fun along the way. Yeah. And maybe learn something. About ourselves. Like that. Sexually. Yes. <laughs> but,
1: Jason before we get into the uh film we're talking about this week we need to talk about i mean last week but i mean two weeks ago you know last week was the awards we did it two weeks
2: ago and the words then... yeah, yeah.
1: so we got to talk about our movie from two weeks ago room at the top uh now jason had to step out for a minute so i will uh just take over this section of the podcast room at the top we had some comments about this movie uh, first one from Eric Wagner he says I have seen it beautiful and pushing boundaries for its time definitely definitely it's one of those uh, it's one of those movies that's definitely ahead of its time uh, Adam Pellman says of course definitely a highlight of the British new wave I think it's probably Lawrence Harvey's best performance which I would I'm torn on I don't know if this is his best performance or if darling is I mean this is definitely more of the Lawrence Harvey experience you're getting a full like lead performance in this movie um i think i I'm, you know, I'm sticking with darling i think that i think he's so uh, sinister maybe maybe it's just my affliction for uh, for villains in these movies but i think i uh, think I think I'll go with Darling, but this is he's yes, he's very good in this movie, and uh, I would agree that it is a highlight of the British New Wave. I like I said, I, th- I think it was, uh, I think we said it was our favorite kitchen sink drama that we've done, definitely mine. Uh, Wickham Clayton says, I watched it for my MA. Definitely a good example of stylized British obsession with class. Jack Clayton's The Innocence is my fave of his, though. So director Jack Clayton, uh, the director of at the Top, also made The Innocence. I've also heard of that movie, and I've never seen it. And unfortunately, it's not on this list, but, you know, maybe we'll watch it at some point. Who knows? Who knows what the future holds? Uh, we do have one sort of kind of negative review here from Charlie, Charlie Jorg- Jorgensen, who says... To be honest, it didn't grab me. I enjoyed Harvey's performance in Darling much more. Hey, there we go, Charlie. I'm on board with that. There's a certain looseness to it that I like. Uh, a certain looseness to Harvey's performance in Darling. Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, I just think, like I said, I just, I think he's, uh, like, a slimy performance. A slimy character from Darling is a little more meat and potatoes to it, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, this character Room at the Top—he has a lot of substance. There's a lot going on in both movies, but yeah. Again, I just I like villains, so maybe that's my predilection. Well, we didn't have a whole lot of comments for Room at the Top. Uh, you know, just a movie. Not a lot of people have actually seen, so it's not surprising. It's uh, it's a movie you should check out, though. I think you should. I think you guys should watch it. So do that. <laughs> So for the last thing here, before we get to the main episode, we like to compare the uh, film on the BFI to the film on the AFI. So the American film Institute to top 100 list. Uh, and this one was number 32 on the BFI. And on the AFI, number 32 is The Godfather Part 2. Well, I mean, come on. The Godfather Part 2 is obviously the winner here. (laughs) No contest. As great as Room at the Top is, this is The Godfather Part 2, one of the best movies ever made. So I'm definitely going to give it to the AFI in this one. Yeah, so that'll do for that. Now, uh, Jason is coming back into the room here, so let's talk about this week's movie, Local Hero. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, we are talking about, this week, number 37. 37? As you like to say. 36
2: dicks. You sucked 36 dicks. Maybe 37? 37? Try not to suck any dick on the way to the parking lot. I think we almost got that. Well, actually, actually, she says, uh, including he goes, how many? Me. How many? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Including yeah. me? Yeah. Including you? But we are talking
1: about uh, number 37 on the list. Clerks. Uh, No Uh, Local Hero Oh, Directed by Bill Forsyth Mm -hmm. Who we will see again He has another movie on this list Oh, Uh, Starring Peter Rygert Who people you may know as Boone from Animal House Uh, Burt Lancaster Yes, the legend Uh, Fulton McKay, Dennis Lawson, Jennifer Black Norman Chancer, Peter Capaldi Who I guess played Doctor Who
2: He was a Time Lord, yes And Jenny Seagrove as Marina You ruined my joke, I was going to say that in the summary Like Danny, the former Time Lord You're the worst. I'm drunk off my ass, Jason. (laughs) So should we talk about this fucking movie? No. Oh, okay. We'll go home. Okay. See you later, bud. (laughs) Uh, All right. You know what? I'm going to talk about it. Okay. Let's talk about 1983's local hero. Yes. So, Mac McIntyre. That's our man. I thought his name was just McIntyre. No, they, well, they call him Mac. This is his nickname. He's never given a first name, so as far as I'm concerned, he's Mac McIntyre. It's Boone from Animal House. That's Boone from Animal House. Mac McIntyre is an 80s oil guy who does 80s oil guy kind of things. He's in acquisitions for Knox Oil. He's yep. like Donald Trump, except handsome, charismatic, smart, and somewhat empathetic. Like Trump, he's a deal maker, and unlike Trump, he's pretty good at it. Give yes. that man a telephone, Brendan, or give him a telex machine. He'll have you a deal by the afternoon. No problem. <laughs> so Max, boss Felix Happer, played by the legendary Burt Lancaster. Legendary, legendary. Still making two million a movie. For oh you, yeah, by easy, way. easy. Um, also, for some reason, I always confuse Burt Lancaster with Martin Landau. I think it's literally just the L in their last name, but for whatever reason, and that they're old-time Hollywood guys. But... Okay, I thought
1: you meant, like, looks-wise. No, no, they don't look anything like at all. Burt Lancaster uh... as Bell Lugosi. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> that would have been cool. Um... Art Landau in From Here to Eternity. <laughs> <laughs> so his boss, Felix Happer, understandably assumes that a man named McIntyre is Scottish and decides to send Mac to Scotland. Mac actually is Hungarian. And he doesn't feel like he needs to go. He says, hey, I can do a job by telephone and telex, It'll get done. And he's like, no, you got to go to Scotland. Yeah. Uh, Hungarian, by the way, um, it, he makes he has a line about like, his family went to Ellis Island. Yeah. And, and they
1: thought that McIntyre would be an American last name. would be a good name. American like, name. Yeah. yeah <laughs> we want the name McIntyre.
2: We're from yeah. Hungary. Do you like my Hungarian accent? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. sure. It's accurate. I guess. We're from
1: Hungary. We're from Yay. Hungary. And there's
2: a Hungary place in here.
1: Uh, maybe I'm trying to do Italian. Yeah.
2: <laughs> uh, it's, it's where we all go with our accents. Well, it's just like Italians are Hungary. Yeah. That's why I got it. But the boss insists on sending Mac in person to Scotland to do what, Brendan? He needs to secure the purchase of the small Scottish town of Furness and the bay that it sits on.
1: Because they want to build some sort of uh, refinery. An oil
2: refinery, in fact. Because yes. Because the North Sea, Scotland area, there's a lot of oil out there. Uh, if you're familiar with uh, your geopolitics and economy, there's a oh. lot of fucking oil there. Very. There's a lot of fucking oil there. I am serious. All right. All right. I just want you to make sure you know. <laughs> I know. It's right. This also be a good time to
1: point out that this movie wasn't uh, almost
2: entirely shot on location. Yeah. which you can definitely beautiful. tell. Yeah. Oh, it's absolutely northern Scotland. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's 100%. So Happer, his boss, is also an amateur astronomer, mm-hmm. and he insists that Mac keep an eye on the sky, in particular on the constellation Virgo, and that he needs to call him immediately if he sees anything out of the ordinary, uh, like a comet or, or whatever. He know? basically wants, he, he wants to have a comet named after him. Yeah, he, he, he's, he's, a, he's a real, he's a real, uh, telescope guy. Yeah, he's a real astronomy nerd. I think they're called telescope guys. Now, it's funny, because when he started talking about the stars in Virgo, my media thought, oh God, is this fucking guy into astrology? But no, it turns out he's into astronomy, so it's fine. He's not as crazy as he could have been. (laughs) Um, So yeah, I just want to mention here, before we forget it, and we can come back to it later, but this is when we're introduced to this strange, Cato-like character, to Lancaster's Clouseau, who just comes in and fucking abuses... Aversion therapy. Yeah, aversion therapy. Moritz. And it's a weird little like moment, and it never really... Pays off in any major way. It just kind of happens. I like it. Yeah, it's it's weird. I, it's a fun little thing, but...
1: Yeah, no, I think, I think that's just to give him kind of a, a weird little, like, quirkiness. He's trying because something new and trendy. The character of Happer is not the stereotypical oil tycoon you would usually no. see in a movie like this. No,
2: he's not wearing a cowboy hat. He's not firing his pistols off willy-nilly. He's not even particularly
1: mean or aggressive. He's, like, a fairly, yeah. like, nice guy. He's not even really Texan. No, and he's 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 weird and hilariously he's his last name isn't even Knox. No, it's Harper. Because because they in a in a quick line they explain that like the guy whose last name was Knox had the company bought for him, but they didn't change the no. name.
2: They just figured they keep the name. Yeah, don't want to ruin that market uh, recognition. Because
1: well, he like points out he's like, oh, is that your uh, is that your dad back there? And he's like, no, that's Mister Knox. <laughs> <laughs>
2: So yeah, it tells Mac he's going to keep an eye on the sky. Mac is confused by the whole idea because Mac doesn't really get astronomy, but he agrees. He's an 80s guy. All he understands is pussy and cocaine. That's not explicitly said. I'm just drawing this from my own assumptions. Oh, I thought that was in the movie. Yeah, no, no, it was not uh well, that was, I an, mean, animal, he does, that was he, an animal house he does try to fuck a girl he does like I, I think he tries to fuck a girl and has no no success and then goes home and calls his ex and has no success there and then is like fuck it i'll go to scotland
1: <laughs> I, well yeah i think he just, <laughs> i think he just wanted to have someone there for his
2: last night before he left yeah i suppose yeah he just wanted to get one last go in mm. uh so he gets to scotland and in scotland we meet danny played by former time lord peter capaldi uh uh, who is who works for uh, Knox uh, Aberdeen? He's the Scottish liaison for the company, and he takes him to this um, facility where they're like kind a of marine, labo- yeah, laboratory. Yeah. It's a marine laboratory, yeah, marine laboratory where they're working at the details on building the the refinery uh, on the bay, like building a model and everything. Yeah. And there we also meet Marina, the most on the nose name for a character ever, who is a uh, a scientist herself, but is also super into swimming. On the nose, yes,
1: but I think. See, for me, this movie almost feels like a fairy tale. Yeah. This
2: entire movie. Like Brigadoon? Uh, sure. You don't know Brigadoon? That's the musical about the Scottish town that disappears and only reappears once every hundred years? Nope. No? You're an asshole. Okay. Well, <laughs> anyway. Um,
1: no, I just, like, I,
2: I think certain things
1: this movie gets away with because it feels like a modern fairy tale yeah in some ways yeah absolutely especially with that character we'll get to that later though
2: so he and danny they they go to furness and it's a lovely little seaside kind of town with working scottish people in there mm-hmm. and they go to the hotel and they meet the hotels for pride or gordon
1: they also play, pick play up a rabbit
2: they, they do they hit a rabbit on the way after, after they have to pull the car over in the mist, because it's so thick, which I think is a legit problem in the north of Scotland. The mist gets very thick. Yeah. I mean, thick enough the Brigadoon appears every
1: hundred years, right? There were no mist creatures, though, like no. the mist.
2: No, no, none of that. Just to, They just hit something, and they get out of the car, and they realize it's a rabbit. Yeah. So they throw the rabbit in the back of the car, and even though the rabbit looks like he's fine, he has a broken leg. Yeah, something yeah. like that. So they go to the hotel, they show up at the hotel, and they meet the hotel's proprietor, who's gordon he's a local guy he runs the hotel gordon is played by dennis lawson whom a very tiny amount of you may remember as dreadnought foster in the uh, aE television series about horatio hornblower but most of you will remember him as goddamn fucking wedge Antilles from the star wars movies who i honestly
1: don't know what you don't character know wedge is.
2: wedge he's like he's like he's um He's a he's an X-wing pilot okay. in the movie. He is like uh you see him. Is <laughs> he like the friend? Like he, he, one of, like, one looks of Luke's like buddies? Yeah. Not Biggs. Biggs is like Luke's buddy from Tatooine, but he knows Wedge, and and you see Wedge. So here's a funny story. So in the first movie, Wedge for the very first scene that Wedge appears, Wedge is played by a different actor yeah I know they fired that guy after like the first day because he, he was a pain in the work. do you see his face? yes you do absolutely you see his full face everything Luke is talking to him he's not identified as Wedge in the scene but it's implied that he is Wedge Okay. but the next scene when we see Wedge in the cockpit it's Dennis Lawson and Wedge plays Dennis Lawson throughout the, the Wedge, Wedge plays movies. Dennis Lawson or, sorry Dennis Lawson plays Wedge I suppose <laughs> a straight... he, really, that's the thing Star Wars happened in a ga- a long time ago in a galaxy far far away maybe Wedge is alive and he came to our galaxy to be an actor named Dennis Lawson it's possible so Gordon.
1: So Gordon. Gordon runs the hotel. Him and his wife Stella. Stella. And they go. Mm. And speaking of rabbits, they go
2: at it like rabbits. They do. They're constantly fucking in this movie. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. What a strange concept. I know. Um, but, but I mean, that I, I think that drives home the point that they really love each other. Mm-hmm. They're just always banging, and they enjoy it. Yeah. He, he so they're in the hotel they have lunch he's like oh i gotta go see the accountant him and uh, danny leave they walk over to the accountant's office they knock on the door they walk in who walks through the door it's gordon gordon yeah. turns out gordon's the town accountant because they all all the townies <laughs> basically have like three jobs yeah. each. yeah it's a small town everybody knows everybody everybody does multiple things which in a hilarious bit they are shocked when uh, mac says he just has the one just job. the one job <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so it turns out that Gordon is the guy that Mag is going to have to wheel and deal with to figure out uh, what's going to happen with this town. So Mac spends a few weeks in the village, living amongst the locals to get to know them as he works out the purchase deal. What's interesting about this movie, Brendan, is that most movies, like like you think, of, like I think of Waking Ned Divine is a similar movie, uh, for instance.
1: Um, there was even a uh, there was a movie that came out. Uh, A few years ago called The Grand Seduction. It kind of reminds me of that
2: a little bit, too. But if this movie were made by Americans, this would be like an 80s movie. You know, the guy goes to the town. he, he He wants to, like, buy the town for an evil corporation... He gets to know the locals and then slowly kind of wins over to their side and realizes they don't, they shouldn't lose their town and then he works with them to prevent that town from being sold and then everybody's happy in the end after they have a ski contest to determine who actually gets to keep the town. Right. Um, However, in this movie what's interesting is that right out of the gate everybody's down with it. I love that. I love that too. And
1: and can, like, this is the first clip I want to play. Yeah. Because this is, so you're saying he meets with Gordon, the accountant, and we don't really know this yet. Yeah. But we find out right away and I just want to play this scene of, like Gordon kind of wrapping up their conversation, and then he's by himself uh, after. So just take a listen here.
0: Why don't you get to know the place? Take a day or so. I'll take things as far as I can and I'll let you know. How about that? Okay, Gordon, if you think it'll take that long. You're talking about the church, too. Yes. It's going to be tricky. The church has very definite views about property. Well, we'll leave it in your hands, okay? Take in the beach. Relax for a while. It's a beautiful place. And you'll work out some numbers. I'll do my best. Mm-hmm. Take go, away, Andrew. Oh, boy. Are we going to be in the beach? We're gonna sell this hotel. Oh, God, no Oh, I adore you.
2: <laughs> oh, Mister McIntyre, I adore
0: you too. <laughs> Stella!
2: <laughs> so yeah, the, he's super happy about it. The whole town is happy about it. He- he is literally jumping for yeah. joy. He's, <laughs> he's so happy about this idea. They, there's no like emotional attachment to this town no. for these people. They're happy to take this money. No, the whole town is like, we're going to be rich and, and have no home. We'll figure it out. And in a wonderful embracing of Scottish stereotype, not only do they want to get paid, they want to suck these guys dry for every fucking last dollar they can get out of them.
1: Well, yeah, because now we get a lot of Gordon say, telling the townsfolk, like, hey, I know everyone wants to get rich yeah. and get the fuck out of this sinkhole town. But let me handle it. Yeah, calm down. I will. Yeah, I will handle the negotiations. You gotta screw with them a little bit. Yeah. Raise the price. Absolutely. It's crazy. It's a great, like, early
2: plot twist. Yeah. I had
1: no idea that was gonna
2: happen. Yeah, it was, it was a weird way to go. and yeah. uh, But I'm glad, because it made the movie that much more interesting. Um, so... Max spends a few weeks in the village, as I said. He's living amongst the locals. He gets to know them. They get to meet a bunch of the weird locals. There's the the old guy that is painting the names on the boats. Which, uh, did you
1: notice that earlier he's painting uh, a different name? It's like, I forget the original name that he's painting. Mm-hmm. But then later, once the, they start talking money, yeah. he's suddenly renaming it the silver dollar. Oh, it isn't
2: Max saying, like, oh, you could put, like, a dollar sign in the S. And like... he's like, nope.
1: Nope. <laughs> he's
2: like, no, sure, maybe right over here.
1: No, Nope. nope.
2: <laughs> this is a great little moment uh, we also see a bunch of that uh, one of the weirder scenes I love is when Max standing around and there's uh, all these men standing around and they have a little baby in a cart and Max looks at them and goes oh whose baby is it and they all just fucking give him a death stare <laughs> We never find out whose baby. In never this... find out. So occasionally see this baby dragged around town. Never find out who the fuck he is or why they're all so reticent to talk about it. I love that stuff like that in
1: this movie. Like I, for a while, I was for the first like while, I'm like, this is a British film, yeah.
2: and then jokes like that, I'm like, oh, that's yeah. a very British, very British joke. joke yeah. yeah, even though we're like you know in Scotland, this I sometimes is... wonder if there's like a deeper cultural reference that I just don't get for a scene like that. But it still was pretty fun. I think it's just a. I think it's just a throwaway. Like, yeah, nobody knows. Yeah. <laughs> And we got and there's Stella, Gordon's wife, who's lovely and wonderful, and and there's the priest, uh, a, a an African fellow who yeah. uh, emigrated to Scotland, which apparently th- is based
1: on a real thing.
2: Yeah. Well, no, I mean, you know, priests uh, at the time to- at the well, because at the time
1: it's like it's I think eighty three. Mm. You're you're the history guy, but I believe the Cold War was like kind of winding down mm-hmm. at the time
2: in eighty three. Well, 80, it was, it that was when it still... was actually kind of coming up to a hot point. Okay, uh, but it was right. at the it was from then on it was down. It was yeah. Over the course of the eighties, it was going down. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, once they got past like kind of the tense part, and then we had Glasnost and Perestroika from Gorbachev. Because I mean, they constantly also
1: had this jet flying overhead, yeah. and I thought that was interesting. It's kind of like it's kind of like let me let me put my 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 film scholar glasses sure. on for a second. It's kind of like this impending deal. Mm-hmm is kind of right there yeah. you know what i mean like it's very like it's, it's always kind of hanging overhead yeah it's like that corporate fucking selling out thing is right there. it's like constantly reminding us like hey guess what you know this is this is this deal is up in the air for you
2: the more literal explanation would be that like like places in Canada, like say happy valley goose bay in canada which is in far north labrador the far north is where they tend to do a lot of the air air training Exercise where air bases are, and oh they can yeah, train out over the ocean for sure. I I, th- I think it acts as a double yeah, meaning. There. Absolutely, but we meet we meet the priest. He's from Africa and he you know trained to be a priest and he moved to Scotland. And I love him because he's got a he's got an African accent, but it's tempered by a Scottish accent, yes. and it's awesome. And I don't and if that and if that <laughs> isn't that man's natural accent, that
1: that is a fantastic yes, accent. yes,
2: fantastic performance on his part. Either way, uh, he's great. And he I got, love how he in doesn't that... get enough screen time. I I would say
1: no, but... just that one scene. Yeah. And I love how in that scene um everybody's hiding in the church yeah and they and send just... him out to deal with the <laughs> but then uh mac doesn't know that they're in the church but his buddy olsen yeah uh turns around and is seeing
2: everybody slowly everybody's just slowly like church. sneaking out of the church as mac is talking to the priest <laughs> yeah talking about like how i'm a telex guy yeah, i'm a telex guy normally uh so, and another one he meets, and, and is kind of an interesting character, is Victor. Now, Victor is, interestingly, a Soviet fisherman. He yeah. is from Russia, but he's, he fishes in the North Sea, and whenever he's in the area, he makes it a point to stop, illegally, mind you, this is very illegal, okay. he stops uh, in Aberdeen to visit, brings them some booze, also illegal, that's violating tariff laws, I'm sure, uh, they have a lovely party while he's there, and uh, he also checks in with Gordon on his investments, also super illegal. Uh, investing money internationally like that.
1: And I wonder, like, yeah, that part, like, I mean... I, I I always watched these movies twice mm-hmm. And the first time I had no idea what was going on with yeah. that But I mean the second time I think I caught it Kind yeah. of caught it So what's the benefit of him coming here to like get his financial because portfolio checked
2: Because in the Soviet Union it, I don't think you can own a financial portfolio It's a oh, communist okay. system right, right. So there, you don't have the capitalist options of buying stocks or doing whatever okay. He probably brings some money with him Gives it to uh, Gordon Gordon invests it for him And then Gordon can funnel him back to profits And I love how he's
1: kind of at first presented as a stereotype mm. you have the wife that's oh the just wife like, who's just screaming at him as she drops him screaming off screaming in Russian and driving <laughs> off but like then he's a very like full-fledged
2: like yeah. character he's like, an interesting guy and he's kind of thoughtful and he actually encourages mac uh to you know to get this deal done to help yeah. these people out yeah um, that's the
1: thing that's the thing in this movie you know we talked you talked you mentioned uh everybody's very excited in the yeah. town to get this deal done and that's the thing like Everybody, wa- that—that's the point of the story—is like, no,
2: we want the deal to happen. Yeah. It'll benefit everyone. Yeah, we can get the fuck out of here and have a have a nice nest egg in our pocket. It's just such an interesting yeah. yeah. So while Max and so yeah, Mac is enjoying you know getting to know these people. He gets real drunk while he's there. He sees some lovely astronomical phenomena while he's there. At one point he sees um, aurora medi- uh, Well, he sees a meteor shower first. Yes, and then sees the aurora borealis, aka the northern lights. Has no idea what it is, and they explain to him. And I think Marina, if doesn't exp- maybe she's explaining to Danny, but talking about the the way the particles hit the atmosphere and cause them to you know light up and and make all these crazy colors and everything and of course he calls fapper fapper flapper not not fapper i wish he was fapper that'd be great no he calls happer yeah he calls happer let him know and the great thing is when
1: he's calling happer um something's going on at the same time is that we talked about that little subplot with moritz
2: the guy who's like constantly belittling happer and getting paid for it But, but but then but then when he but then when he when, when Happer calls him out on it He immediately turns into a yes man Yeah But, <laughs> but, but
1: the, by this point He's told him to stop Like yeah. I don't need you anymore But while he's on the phone with Mac He's putting these like Signs on his window That says It's gonna spell out Happer is a motherfucker
2: This is at the top Of a skyscraper He's hanging outside the window Putting these letters Against the slanted windows In gets, this guy's office He gets up to Mother foo Yeah mother foo And then Cause the movie
1: is PG Yeah And uh <laughs> Happer is just like, you goddamn idiot, like throwing stuff at him. And then he calls the police saying, send your best marksman, shoot to kill. <laughs> shoot to kill. <laughs> so it, it kind of is wrapped up in that way. Yeah. Which is guess, like, yeah.
2: just, you you just use your imagination. We just assume that he was taken out. I think he was killed. <laughs> which is hilarious. But Mac, yeah, so Mac's been getting drunk and he reports back to his boss on the astronomical stuff. He gets to go to a Cayley. Which is a a Scottish party? I don't know if you know that word, but they they say it in the movie Kaylee. It's spelled, I believe, C E I L I D H. L I D H. Yeah. And uh, actually, my aunt uh, has a friend who has a daughter named Kaylee, spelled that way. Which I thought, oh, that's nice. Name your daughter Kitchen Party. That's a good way to get things started in her life. But uh, yeah, they go in for the Kaylee. That he's enjoying himself there like I think he I think Mac is really figuring out that this is a nice place and he likes the people here. and that's
1: why he's struggling with yeah. the sale a little bit but no one else is
2: no yeah exactly he's the one guy that's like oh, should I do this is this is a really good idea but everybody else is on board they want the fucking money yeah um, and actually at one point Mac is drunk and he's in the bar with Gordon and he says to Gordon basically hey uh, do you I'll, hear- I'll trade you lives do you want to do wanna- you want to hear that scene yeah let's, let's play that scene uh, I have a proposition for you Gordon
0: I know I may be a bit tipsy, but I want you to consider this seriously, okay? Okay. Okay. I want to swap with you, everything. I want to stay here, run the hotel, do little bits of business. You can go to Houston, take the Porsche, the house, the job. It's a good life there, Gordon. I pull down 80,000 a year. Plus, I have over 50,000 in mixed securities. I want you to have it all. There's nothing to do on the car, it's pure ownership. And I won't let down your good name here, Gordon. I'll make a good Gordon, Gordon. What do you say, pal? What about Stella? Uh, I was coming to that. I love her. Very, very much. She's wonderful. She's the most beautiful woman I've ever loved. And I think she knows it. I want you to leave Stella here with me, Gordon. Would you do that? Would you leave Stella here with me?
2: sure man what i love about that scene is is that first off the 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 insanity of like oh yeah that wife that's property of yours why don't you leave her with me when we do this trade and <laughs> the fact and the fact that he despite clearly loving his wife is able to ironically say like oh yeah we'll do that yeah <laughs> he,
1: he kind of recognizes like mac is drunk off his yeah, ass yeah. i'm just gonna go with. And, this. and he's
2: he's so confident in his relationship that he can make that joke and not really feel bad about it yeah Oh yeah, we also have to mention Danny and his creeping on Marina relationship. We yes. see a few scenes over the course of the movie where he's like kind of spying on her and watching her. She loves to swim around. She's always in the water. She's always and in the water. I'm going to say this right now. Uh-huh. I think she's straight
1: up a mermaid. Yeah,
2: it could very well be. I
1: think, it, I mean, she has the the snorkel gear or whatever. Yeah.
2: But I mean, she has
1: web toes. Well, wait,
2: that's the thing. I was going to mention. Okay. That. Eventually, they get they they get something going between them, and they go to a beach, and they're having a lovely visit. And they start getting a little hot and heavy He's and... getting all Quentin Tarantino on her toes Exactly, D- Danny decides like any good red blooded man That he's going to make out with her foot And when he does, <laughs> he notices that she has webbed toes They're very webbed toes And they're never referred to again And there's also a
1: line That she that they mention They're talking about the, uh, the seals on the beach He says something about How uh, fishermen Used to think they were mermaids yeah. And she says, well They were wrong But the way she says it, it's like, well, they were wrong about those. I know that for a fact
2: that they were wrong. Yeah, you know how
1: I know? Because I'm Ariel. She's a fucking mermaid. I'm. I'm just gonna say that she is a mermaid that
2: fucks. Right. She's one of them fucking mermaids. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that, so the so the web toes and mermaid thing like it's never really referred to again. It's just they mention but I, it. And, but again, I think that's yeah. like a fairy tale. You think thing. it's a fairy tale thing? I think it's just poor writing. Really? <laughs> no, it's fine. <laughs> it is just it's unnecessary. I suppose at the end of the day, it just felt like it was going somewhere, but I don't know where. I think she's kind
1: of like the protector of that like area. Yeah. I think that's what it is. Yeah, because exactly. Even, she's like
2: the like a spiritual protector. Well, you even
1: seriously, even you even have it later where. Um, because remember, we, we should mention that at first he kind of white lies to her yeah. about what they're doing there. Yeah, exactly. She says she thinks it's like her marine project that she wants to do, like her observatory yeah. and stuff. And he says, oh, because he doesn't want to make her upset. So he's like, yeah, yeah, that's what we're doing. But then when he me- finally admits to her that it's a refinery they're building, she's like, oh, no, no, that's not going to happen. Don't worry.
2: Like, yeah, like, like that she knows somehow that yeah. they do you know. Like there's obviously something otherworldly Is to her. she the magic that is behind this movie? I think so. I think she's got some. I, that's why
1: I think she's a mermaid, or well, she's got she may something.
2: have. She may uh, uh, be the the spiritual reason why the the uh, third act happens. Essentially, so I love the third act. Yeah, it's an interesting one. So so everyone in town, as we said, is down to sell. But we weren't totally truthful with you. There's one guy that really isn't down to sell, and it's the worst possible person. It it's could the be. worst possible person it could be because this is one Ben Knox. Ben Knox is a great grandson, possibly, of the, or a relative, anyways, a descendant of the original Mr. Knox. See, and I don't who know. Who founded if, the oil company, I believe. But I don't know if he is, though. I don't know if I it's think, meant to I be. I thought they said that uh, he had some connection.
1: I don't know if it's meant to be, or if it's meant to be, like, one of those, like, coincidences
2: yeah. that leads kind of into the third act. Well, anyways, the fact is, he has a relative that was prominent enough that or the relative was given a dispensation from the Lord of the realm or not the king but like whoever lord of the isles i think was the title lord of the rings uh, lord of the rings yes um and he basically owns uh
1: a good section of the beach so they are basically unable to make the deal they reach kind of a you know they reach kind of a a, a standstill in the deal yeah. because they're like whoa hold on we have to actually get this guy ben to approve
2: yeah and, and he's a lovely man he lives on the beach he he, he basically owns all the beach yeah, um, and good, and it's his living. It's it's like his his um, means. He combs the beach much like the beachcombers did in the eighties on Canadian TV. But he finally breaks down and 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 makes
1: one gesture to sell it to Mac. And yes. I want to play that play, play that scene. Yeah. Okay,
2: this yes.
0: See, look, you're good at numbers, eh? Part of my job. Yes. Right. Would you give me a pound note for every grain of sand I hold in my hand? Now you can have the beach for that. Yeah, yeah. Saved you a pound or two, eh? Come on, Ben, I don't want to play games that negotiate in a business-like way. Oh, dear, oh, dear. I mean, you could have had a very nice purchase there, Mr. McIntyre. I can't hold much more than 10,000 grains of sand in my hand at a time. Did you think it would be a bigger number? You took advantage of me, Ben. Did I? How About a hat full of sand, I know no, I mean that wouldn't be business like
2: it's a lovely scene, but and, and I'm no mathematician, but I feel like there's got to be more than ten thousand grains of sand in a handful.
1: I don't know because I've heard that before mm. I've heard that like that uh I feel like I've seen that quote unquote trick before hmm. about like 10,000 grains of sand. I, I, think that's
2: hmm. ac- I think that's actually accurate. I want one pound note for every grain of sand on every beach in the world. Okay, well that's a little that's more than 10,000. Don't take my dreams from me. <laughs> All right. So yeah, Ben Ben is not really down with selling. Ben loves his beach and Max like, hey, look, I'll give you any beach you want. I'll buy you any beach in the world. We'll send you there. It'll be great. You'll have hookers. No, he doesn't mention hookers. No, he doesn't. That was in my head.
1: That was that was the sequel. That was the
2: sequel. International hero. <laughs> International hero. <laughs> but um, Ben is just not really down for it. He's just not. He's not really into it, and this is a problem. He doesn't care about money because the rest of the town is yes. down for it. And at at one point in the movie, we have what is pretty much a lynch mob that is on its way. It's to visit Ben. It's straight out of a horror movie. Straight out of a horror movie. It's everybody like a movie. is on their way to his little shack on the beach. But... Thankfully for him... Yes. Our old friend Felix Happer in a little shitty helicopter... A little Knox helicopter. Which is a nicer helicopter than I have, to be fair. Now your helicopter's okay. Yeah, my... Mm, it's not as nice as that one. It's weird that it has wheels. Well, you know, you gotta get... You gotta taxi on your... Somehow, right? Yeah. Um. So... He comes flying in, he lands, he's like, oh, well, you didn't have to get this welcoming committee for me, but here I am. And the funny
1: thing is, he's already met Mac, yeah. but he goes up to Olson
2: yeah. and talks to him as if he's Mac. As if he's Mac. The whole he can't conversation, he... yeah. <laughs> well, I'm not, uh, I'm not McIntyre. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he shows up and he decides that he is going to take care of the old man. No, he doesn't take him out and shoot him. And I kind of wish he did, because that would turn this movie on its head if all of a sudden the boss was a murderer uh but no that's not what happens he brings him over to his house he's like oh we should talk so they uh ben's house doesn't have a door so they open up the windows and uh happer climbs in the window and they sit there and they start having a chat and we got danny and we got uh, mac and we got uh gordon and they're all kind of waiting away waiting for this shit to get done but it doesn't get done they need to eat so danny has to go get them food and drink and then they eat and they keep talking and eventually they come out.
1: And I love how we don't see any of the conversation. We don't see any. Of. We I don't actually see it. we don't hear it. I actually really like that because yeah. you don't need it.
2: Yeah, exactly. And so when he comes out, he realizes we realize that that uh Mr. Happer has found a kindred spirit in Ben. They're both amateur astronomers. Mm-hmm. Both super into the stars. And it inspires Happer. And he's like, "You know what?" I, I'm going to build the oil platform offshore. I don't want to destroy this town. I don't want to destroy this man's beach. And Danny kind of mentions to him, well, you, you know what might be a good idea for this town, maybe, is like a marine research facility. He said, you could call it the Happer Institute. And he says hilariously, that might be a good name for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's what he decides to do, that instead of building this refiner now, he's going to build this uh, marine research institute. Right and so that's great and he's like mac you gotta go back to houston work out the details take my helicopter and go mac says his goodbyes and jumps in the helicopter and flies back to america so he gets back to america and he's there and it's just like what is this place he goes home pours himself a drink he's sitting at his table he's looking around his apartment he picks up the telephone puts in a number scene changes it cuts as they say in the business, and we <laughs> see more a technical term, and we see the phone box in Furness ringing. Yeah, fade to black, the end. So that's the movie. It was a good movie. We like it very much. I do. I enjoyed it. It's yeah. a, it's an interesting take. It's 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 got that again. I mentioned Waking Ned Divine earlier, which is a movie. If you haven't seen it, which is about a bunch of. Uh, people that live in a town and one of them wins the lottery and then immediately dies and then everybody tries to get his lottery ticket. It's also a British movie too. Isn't yeah, it's not? a British movie. Yeah. Absolutely. A uh, guy riding naked on a motorcycle but it had a similar kind of vibe to this movie of like, you know, the small town kind of all into it. Yeah. So anyways, that that's the movie. Uh, I have my notes here if we want to talk about some stuff. Well, I do want to do a little bit of background right. of this movie. We'll, we'll um, do that first.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> That's, we'll, we'll just do what our format normally is. How about that? <laughs> okay. So, directed by
1: Bill Forsyth, who, like I said, uh, has another movie on this list called uh, Gregory's Girl, yeah. which we haven't done yet. But he's another director, much like uh, John Schlesinger, who we talked about when we did Darling, yeah. who got his start in uh, documentaries, hmm. which um, is kind of interesting, and... Funny enough, too, he was also kind of an amateur astronomer. Oh, so that thing about Happer being that—that's def—that's very much autobiographical. I'll put this in here. It's an yeah. excuse
2: to have like a fancy telescope on set. Um, one thing of note that i that I found out is that there
1: is. When you watch the movie, there isn't a whole lot of technical talk about deals and stuff. No. I mean, there's a little bit, yeah. enough to get kind That's of. That's not what the
2: movie's really about. It's not about them making this deal. Right, because Forsyth
1: kind of said this was his quote he said, uh, the film skirts over the negotiating situation because that was one thing I didn't know anything about, didn't care to research too much. I remember thinking, what the hell can they even say to each other? Yeah. This movie was very difficult to get made. Yeah. Uh, it was originally not even going to be funded or even made until producer David Putnam won a BAFTA for Chariots of Fire in 1982. A Chariots of Fire, another movie on this list. This convinced uh, company Goldcrest, uh, the executives of that company, to finance this movie. It was a struggle also to land Burt Lancaster, because like I kind of briefly said earlier, this guy was still a major star in 1983. Mm -hmm. He was going to need $2 million to be in this movie, even in the supporting role. So their budget at the time was not going to cover this. But when Warner Brothers found out that they wanted to cast, they would be casting Burt Lancaster, like he was on board as long as you know they got his demand or hmm. made, got his money, uh Warner Brothers put the money up for him, and they also gave Bill Forsythe another like two hundred thousand in his budget nice. so Bill Forsyth uh not know famously, but he said like you know stars are not a, a stars are not an asset they're a necessity Look, yeah. <laughs> it, g- it gave him more money. that's true. <laughs> Forsythe did turn down one actor. And it was going to be an actor that was going to play Mac. The original choice for Mac was Henry Winkler.
2: Huh. Yeah. I don't know that Henry Winkler could be the 80s oil guy. I think he's too much of a known face. Yeah, yeah. And, and Peter Rieger was like he nailed that role as far as like what that without being cartoony, he was what you would expect an 80s oil guy to be like. He has a good, he has he has very
1: good comic timing, I yeah. find. Like he's he's got that he's got that down, very dry. Mm-hmm. Um, another guy that almost got that part was Michael Douglas. Huh. Michael Douglas actually met with the director. Yeah. They had their meeting um the director very Simply said, like, I... I'm giving it to Peter Riegger. Like, I don't think you're right for this yeah. part. Maguire was like fought for this role. He really wanted this role, but uh, of course, he did not get it. Thankfully, he would go on to star
2: in Falling Down, which has nothing to do with this, <laughs> well, but it's a great movie.
1: I don't know why, but I knew when you said he's going to star, so I knew you were going to mention Falling Down. Maybe because <laughs> I've heard you
2: mention it so much. It's times. such a great movie. I love that movie. Uh, it doesn't hold up super well, but yeah. I mean, yeah, it's it's a movie about a white guy who's mad about the world, and really, we have enough of those. Uh, uh, your death wish. Do we really need another? death wish no but uh um, we didn't
1: it was terrible
2: but still falling down great movie maybe it's not maybe it doesn't hold up in 2019 but it's still a damn good movie
1: yeah i feel like anybody that's not white in that movie doesn't get represented no, super not well. real well
2: <laughs> but this film kind of has a lot la- this is my last thing this film
1: kind of has a lasting legacy because this movie came out 35 years ago yeah and i mean it might even be now but i know 2019 spring of 2019 they're actually going to be doing a musical Based on this movie. So it's going to make its debut on stage as a musical. Yeah, I read that. So I think, Jason, we have to go to uh,
2: the UK to watch that musical and do a whole episode on it. Alright, so our Kickstarter is going to be open for you three people to contribute all the money to send us to England so we can watch this movie. And provide you with an exclusive, exclusive, exclusive podcast about it.
1: If each of you give us $1,500, all three of you, we will have enough. That's right,
2: we'll be set. Uh, That's all I have on the background of this movie So let's get into this film a little bit more So okay, first thing I want to say before I forget So they were going to offer Them 10 million pounds Plus A piece of the oil profits For the first 10 years or something That was kind of the deal they were
1: looking at To buy
2: this thing But at the end of the movie he decides to turn it into a marine Research facility Right did those people get fucked out of their money? Like, I mean, maybe he would buy some land to build that. Would he need to buy the whole entire town to build that facility? I think, well, it, we get the, la- one of the last scenes is, um, no,
1: I think they still kind of get it or something close to it because it, the, one of the last scenes we still see Mac writing them a check Yes, and you see Gordon saying like, oh, you don't have to do this. Huh. And so I think he gave them something Must good. Must have. Well but I not as...
2: because that mo- that lynch mob that was coming for Ben could have easily been diverted to Happer.
1: Yeah. Not they didn't get nearly as much as they were probably going to get, but I think they still got something.
2: And you've got some what th- 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 what that means is that after this movie we don't see all the pissed off Scotsmen that are like, Oh Lottie, I didn't get the money that I was gonna get. I got a hundred pound instead of a hundred thousand. That's right. Aye.
1: <laughs> can I um can I just say that the move the way this movie starts with like the promotional video about Knox Oil, hmm. um, I want to play this clip because this is—I think this is one of the funniest ways a movie for a movie to open is we Did have it remind this... you of Roddy
2: Dangerfield's Ladybugs. Uh, no, never mind. Continue. I've seen Ladybugs, but I don't know what you're Doesn't talking about. is not there like a promotional video in that movie too? Oh, uh, maybe. Yeah. I've tried to wipe that movie out of my <laughs> <Fair> memory.
1: enough. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's so. <laughs>
2: I love that movie as a kid, but moving on. Yeah. Uh, Talking about not holding up. Yeah, <laughs> at the time of its release. Oh, at the time of his, yeah, exactly. I loved it as a kid, but yeah, some movies just aren't meant to be seen ever again, ever <laughs> or once. <laughs> um, yeah, so I want to talk about this
1: because they're playing this promotional video, and then you know the lights go up, and we're in this board meeting. Mister Happer is sleeping. Yeah, uh, he's fallen asleep from the video, and I want to play this clip of them uh, setting up the premise of the movie because I think it's you'll you'll notice right away why it's oh, yeah, why? it's kind of fun.
0: Mister Happer.
1: Mr. Happerser,
0: the main business today, gentlemen, is the report on the progress of our acquisition of Scotland. That is part of Scotland for the refinery and storage
2: base. I've got a few things to show you. You know, we have a two-year lead in North Atlantic development. Now, we can double this if we can streamline the
0: processing end of things onshore well on its way from all three production areas and we have a site for the terminal right here
1: what about the site
0: acquisition it's critical the survey teams have found just about the only suitable bay on the entire coast total investment is 600 million spread over the next three fiscals we've got to buy for Bay for 60 million dollars and we're dealing with close and stable allies of the u.s not to mention the links historically between knox oil and scotland we're not in a third world situation here. I think we should get a negotiator on the side right away.
1: I, I just like the fact that we start out, first t- time we see Happer is the idea of like running this oil company is yeah. boring him.
2: Yeah. Like he sees, it's clearly not his first interest. Or Or you might think he's been drugged because he kind of drops the glass that he has in his hand, but quickly well, like, we learned that's not the case yeah
1: <laughs> like establish this character right away as being very different and i like that the fact that we the whole thing whispered uh to to us through this uh board
2: meeting i wanted to say uh i wanted to mention the music yeah music's good um, mark uh Knopfler. mark Knopfler of uh, dire straits yes uh, is does some nice music in this movie but it's also weirdly edited at times. Like, it, like there's certain scenes where it feels like the music kind of sort of comes in for, like, three seconds and then goes away in weird spots and is, like, really quiet. Well, barely able to hear it. Doesn't it kind of feel, like, kind of otherworldly? Maybe, maybe. that. And if that's the point, I I understand. But for me, watching the movie, like, not thinking of this as, like, a fairy tale or an otherworldly kind of movie, like, watching it, it's just like, why is the music so quiet? Why is it, like, in for three seconds and then back out again? Like, what's going on? But ultimately, it's a pretty good soundtrack.
1: Yeah, that actually, um, the soundtrack is, uh, something that was super popular at the time. Like, and Mark Knopfler also, um when he went when he when he performed a concert with dire straits they often uh did sections of this soundtrack as part of their part of their set
2: yeah well one line i thought was you know again very 1983 Just was piss when, up a rope that's a good one okay that's a good one uh but it was more uh, uh you're dealing with a, your own people not a bunch of indians Because in the United States, they probably would have to... uh, That's what one of the Texas oil execs says to Uh. Mac. Because he's, you know, rather than dealing with like Native Americans who have land claims in the States, he's dealing with a bunch of white people that are ostensibly his people because they all think he's Scottish. Um, Does uh, does Happer say that maybe even? I don't think
1: so. Uh Uh, I like this basic idea of uh, city versus like... Small village kind of life, mm-hmm. like sensibility. Yeah. Um. Just for like a lot of stuff, obviously. But the first thing is like when they when when uh, Mac and Olson arrive in the town and they go to the hotel, uh, they call down the guy like Gordon. They call him down, and when he comes to the door, he's like, "It wasn't even locked. It's never locked. Yeah. it's like, kind of <laughs> <just> locked <laughs> in that entire time.
2: Yeah. It's a small town. Yeah. the small town idea of you never lock our doors. What are you even doing? Get in here. Okay. I also want to mention a fun, a funny moment that I enjoyed from Peter Capaldi where when Max shows up and first meets Danny Danny says to him oh can I give you a hand and, and he's and, yeah. and he's got Max got like three huge suitcases on him and his coat draped over his arm and Max of course like yeah yeah and so Danny grabs his coat and walks away <laughs> yeah well there's lots of that in this movie lots of very like dry
1: but like funny stuff yeah. that just kind of you know just kind of swoops in real quick like it yeah swoosh- it's just
2: like blinking you'll miss it kind of stuff sometimes yeah 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 Um. oh the bunny we gotta mention the bunny Oh, the bunny. Because they, they, they hit the bunny early in the movie. They bring it to the hotel with them. They ask them to maybe set the bunny up and take care of him. And then well, later, as they're eating supper, they're, they've been served rabbit pie. And it turns out, oh, wait, it's the bunny. Do you want to hear the rabbit pie scene? Yeah, let's play the rabbit pie scene for the folks. Okay. Is this
0: my rabbit? Yes. How We don't allow animals in the bedrooms. I should have told you sooner. It's a
2: pet, not an
0: animal. It had a name. You don't need things with names. This is horrific. It was an injured rabbit, that's all. It was in shock with a broken limb. It was in pain. Excuse me, Mr. Rocker, but I think you were a bit hasty. Mac was looking after it. All I needed was lots of rest and the proper treatment. There was every chance of a full recovery and a fully active life. Mac was on top of the situation. They didn't like the rabbit. Mac loved the rabbit, that's just the point. It had a name, two names. I'm sorry, I just don't think there's a lot I can do, though. So what worthwhile calling a vetster. A bit a clown, Gordon. Get into the kitchen and make some coffee. It had a broken leg. It was a clean snap. You check the bones in the dish if you don't believe me. I'm sorry, Mac, but we eat rabbits here. The vet would have done the same. I didn't know it had a name. It's okay, Stella. Oh, look, you don't have to finish it if you don't want to. How was it, anyway? It was nice. Apart from it being Trudy, it was nice. What lovely long eyelashes you've got! Was it a wine sauce? Yeah, yeah. I just let it simmer for a couple of hours in some white wine.
1: You gotta love rabbit, man. I just love, I love the like after that whole shock. Was it a wine sauce? <laughs>
2: <laughs> to to quote the uh, the the great comedian Jimmy Flynn, who no doubt stole this from somebody else. Uh, Did you ever eat rabbit? Don't you hit it when it kicks you in the face? <laughs> Did he steal jokes a lot? Uh, well, it's not so much that he stole jokes as, jokes as he uses yeah old joke book jokes. Yeah, kind of like Milton Berle. Yeah, and I love the man, but yeah. <laughs> I, I also wanted to mention I like the motorbike guy who's constantly tearing ass around Furness. Uh, almost running into people. And I like that we never even get to see him. He's kind of anonymous. He's just doing this. It, it kind of reminds me of uh, on Trailer Park Boys. If you've ever seen that show, they're uh, the kids that are always throwing bottles at people. And you never really see them. You just see the effect of them. And that's mm. kind of what this guy is. Just the local dude. He's just always tearing ass around on his motorcycle. That's just what he does. Well,
1: and it kind of acts as a... Uh, not a plot device, but a kind of... Because there's a scene later where... Like, you know, they're always blindsided by him. But then later in the movie, Mac kind of knows when to look out for him. Yeah. And And that kind of shows that he's being acclimatized. He's getting used to
2: being in the town and And just kind of finding his
1: place. Yeah. And it's the same function of the guy that's always hammering on the roof of the house. Yeah. Because at that point, Mac is also looking at being like, oh, hey, Andrew. Yeah, Like he knows 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 his his
2: name and knows him enough to say hello
1: and have a little chat. I love the hypocritical line when Max says something about, he looks up at those jets and he's like, man, they're ruining this tiny village. What is he preparing
2: to do, though? He's about to sell the town to an oil refinery. It's it's a great, like... Who cares if these fucking jets are streaking ass over a refinery? Yeah. Streaking ass? That's not a term. Streaking ass. I've invented it.
1: Uh, I also find it amusing when the... Amusing and also kind of sad. When the fishermen talk about how they're there to uh, catch lobster. Yeah. And sell them to you know England and stuff like the big the big restaurants. And then Max like, oh, so you eat the lobster? Like, oh no, too expensive. Yeah,
2: <laughs> it is kind of sad, but it's also a funny reflection because there was a time when lobster was like fisherman's food. It was not, you know, nobody wanted it, and the fishermen would get it, and eat it themselves, and then it became over time a delicacy. I want to talk about Ben a little bit. Sure. I th- I think there's like some
1: kind of sadness in him. Yeah. Like he's a very like he's probably the purest like most heartwarming character but i got the feeling when like as soon as he's introduced like there's some there's something that happened in his past i think maybe that's an actor's thing
2: that he's used but yeah i i feel like this is a character who in his past had a completely different life and then at some point retreated to this beach and i love the way that um I don't know if you noticed this, but before we actually hear from him and see him,
1: he's in the background of a lot of yeah. shots, just walking the beach. And it's kind of interesting because it's the kind of the movie's way to suggest like, hey, don't forget about this guy. He may be more important to the plot than you yeah. think. And he's always in the background of shots when they're talking about the deal. Yeah. And he's just kind of like there, like... Hey uh, always front and center, yeah, this is actually you're, you're look overlooking the most important detail yeah. like, I did know. not
2: notice that, but I'm glad you pointed that out to me. that's a cool uh cool thing to do. I noticed, especially
1: in the later scene when they're just kind of walking together Mac and uh, Gordon and you just see him in the background it's like, oh that's really that's really interesting hmm. how did you think how do you think Mac not Mac sorry how do you think Mr. Happer ended up do you think he just inherited? He must have just inherited this oil company, right? Because he is not, like we said, he does not act really like an oil executive. And I feel like this is not what he even wants to do. And even when you see him at home, what is he doing? He doesn't have like a butler or anything. He's cooking for himself. He's, he's living by himself. He doesn't have a wife or family, uh, which I think he regrets. Mm. And I don't know. It's really interesting. Like, his backstory is fascinating to me. Yeah,
2: I, I feel like he's a character who has that job. Yeah, it's probably inherited that job from father or an uncle or something. And, uh,. And then, yeah, uses it as a means to provide for his hobby, which yeah. is astronomy. Because I mean, what is he, his passion really? Whenever he's talking to Mac on the phone,
1: I mean, he might briefly mention it, but he barely asks how the deal's going. Yep. He's always like, "What's in the sky? How's Virgo? Oh, That's it's Leo. Really you yeah. Did you see a comet? Meteor shower? Northern lights? Like, what? He's, yeah, he's super aliens. Oh, <laughs> well, we didn't mention the aliens. How aliens? How do we, yeah. make, how did we skip yeah.
2: that? It's not <laughs> important. <laughs> it's, a, it's a very unimportant part of the film.
1: You're right. <laughs> I also like little things like uh, there's a, even like a quick scene of like Max Watch being underwater. Did you notice that? Like yeah, movie? yeah.
2: When he sets it down on the, on the beach to get the shells and then it gets washed out to sea. That's kind of like a part of him yeah. being left there essentially. Exactly. Yeah. He's kind of like I
1: don't need this. Yeah. yeah. And,
2: and and as it's sitting into the water we hear the weird alarm that's on it and it slowly die. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's really cool. Um, there's a lot of
1: symbolism in this movie honestly. It's a whimsical comedy but there's a lot going on. And... We have reached another BFI Top 100 Films trope, Oh. Jason. A character takes the stage and sings, sings song a fucking song
2: about something that is happening in the movie. It's completely relevant to what's going on. Yes. It's, and in this case, our friend Victor from Russia decides he wants to sing, was it Lone Star Man? Is that the name of the song? It's something about a rover. Because um, he, he talks oh, about yeah. oh. Lonesome Rover? Because there's a line about a place to call my own. This song, if you listen to it, it's kind of about Mac. Yeah. Thank you. So what's interesting, Brendan, is that that's actually an original song written by Mark Knopfler. Yeah. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, me neither. I just Googled it. <laughs> you mean you've known that for years? Yes. Yeah.
1: Sure. Why not? What What's cool too is uh, it's about Mac. Like I said. Yeah. He says the Lone Star State gets lonesome. Where's Mac from? He's from Houston. Yeah, and Texas. he's like, you know, I'm a roamer. It, yeah. He's yeah. He's. Uh, yes, he's from Texas, but I think he's specifically houston is yeah. where knox oil is but yeah he's singing about because mac is kind of a lonely guy
2: yeah
1: um and and you see that right from the beginning of the movie is that he kind of has that friend at work mm-hmm. and but like the girls won't talk to him There's like, a real
2: texan buddy who kind of sounds like this mac how you doing mac yeah yeah mac doesn't sound uh texan at all No, he's, he sounds texan by way of brooklyn <laughs> yeah which i'm
1: pretty sure that's where the actors probably probably from. but yeah like the um he doesn't really have a lot of friends, and when he goes back at the end, like it's kind of a somber ending. In that yeah. he's calling back to Furness. I didn't even notice him pick up the phone. I thought it was just the cutaway, so that's why I was kind of surprised. Oh, maybe he maybe
2: he it. did or maybe didn't. In my mind, that's what I'm seeing right now. I only watched this movie like 48 hours ago, and... <laughs> so, yeah, I thought he just cut away. But anyway, yeah, it's it's kind of a somber end for him
1: too because he's like back in like the city, and you just hear like the hum of like you know big
2: city noises, cars honking, and all that stuff. Yes. Oh, and here's a moment I forgot to mention from earlier that I wanted to, uh, showing what kind of town he is living. Mac has to go make a phone call at one point back home, and <laughs> and the bar basically takes up a collection for him to get him the coins so he's able to call back because it's an international call. It's a very important intercontinental call. Yeah, yeah. He literally announces it to the bar, and then everybody walks up and starts tossing coins in, and then and then of course there's the hilarity of him being on the phone and talking, and then having to keep dumping coins in every like thirty it's seconds. The worst payphone. <laughs> yeah. <ever>. Yeah. <laughs> Um, which by the way, um,
1: interestingly, I didn't mention that when we were talking about the background a little bit, but apparently, uh, people would go to this little place where they filmed the movie and they were so disappointed that they couldn't find the red phone booth.
2: They (laughs) they were, they
1: were fans of the movie and they thought it existed so much so that the town actually built one,
2: built one in that spot just Uh, so
1: people could see it. Very nice. (laughs) Yeah. That's awesome. I I do th- there another little moment here which I really like is two of the townies are doing impressions of like Hollywood legends. Mm. Oh yeah. <laughs> like, we're like no that's God. Yeah. I was like what about this one? Uh, Humphrey Bogart No that's
2: Cary Grant He's just making Like like lo- fa- looks on his faces Like he's doing Trying to do Robert De Niro With a You know eh, But he's open, barely but he's not. Changing his expression no, and I'm like He's exactly the same I think every time Except his hat might be different
1: And I'm like Is that the is that like a snide Shot at like Hollywood screen yeah. legends Ah they're all the same Yeah And Before we go Any further I We need to talk more About the Moritz subplot Yeah The, the thing with Happer And
2: his like uh, Like you said His like Cato like yeah. Uh, uh, Kato to his K- Clouseau. Kato Kalin next door yes, neighborhood. Because Kato Kalen <laughs> K- would uh, always attack OJ. Yes. And as- that's why OJ killed his wife, because he thought it was Kato Kalin. As we explained. As we already explained. Our theory is out there in the ether. I don't know why anybody hasn't picked up on this yet. <laughs> I don't know. Hashtag it's Kato's fault. Hashtag Kato did it. <laughs> Kato caused it. Kato caused it. With a K. Kato with a K caused with a K
1: it. So I want to play a little brief scene of, the, of an interaction between Happer and uh, uh, Moritz. Okay.
0: Moritz, Moritz, you're destroying me. <laughs> yes, now we're getting somewhere. I think we can move on. What do you mean? The next stage. We should physicalize things a little. What? I could hit you. Wouldn't
2: that humiliate you? We could progress by leaps and
0: bounds. I, I could tie you up. Forget it, March. You're talking perversion, not therapy. Go on, get out and don't come back. That's good. You're reacting. You're upset already. Think what it'll be like when I punch you.
2: Get out before I punch you. This is most gratifying, Mr. Happer. It vindicates my entire theory, the whole program. I've got your ego on the run, Mr. Happer, you piece of shit. Sorry, sir. That just slipped out. Uh, uh, You'll be hearing from me. We can't give up now. You're a star patient, Mr. Happer. I might have to raise
1: my fee when we do get physical,
0: but it won't be anything unreasonable. Good afternoon, Mr. Happer. (laughs)
1: <laughs> sorry i i know it's it, it really is like a strange sub-up but i just i love that guy's performance he so is much. very good yes like you piece of shit oh. i'm sorry oh <laughs> i <Like> immediately apologizes <laughs> like you said he immediately turns to a yes man yeah and i'm sure that's just adding to happer's kind of quirky thing like yeah. that he would hire this guy to like kind of yeah. maybe it's like to keep him grounded maybe because you know who could have used this king george
2: yeah absolutely. he could have used a more he, he needs the roman slave whispering in his ear you are a mortal <laughs> yeah. george i have you in my eye <laughs> he needed someone to constantly
1: tell him that. that's right And that's why ian holman did such a great job um i mean yeah like i don't really have a lot of else to say about the uh about the movie itself, did you have anything else you want to add from No, the, I just uh... want
2: to say, it, it, like like other movies we've watched, it's a fine film and uh, very enjoyable and recommended to everybody, but... Uh, and it's not depressing. Like, no, exactly. It's an uplifting movie, <laughs> and we've watched Finally. some between Room at the Top and This Sporting Life and The English Patient and... and Kess. Kess. There's been some real downers. I mean, even Clockwork Orange. Yeah.
1: Like, it's, it's a... It's oh, a, I was cute, alright. It's a fast-paced, energetic movie, but still, still a downer at the <laughs> yeah. end. Yeah. Um But I mean I guess that's the British life,
2: right? Yeah. British people, why are you so sad? Turns out if you wanna go be happy, you gotta go to Scotland. Even though they're all a bunch of uh sad, angry mooks. If you go to Scotland, it'll be real fun for you. Yeah, so let's get into the uh not the last, but the
1: second last part yeah. of this uh of this, uh, our discussion, talk about the critique of the film. Mm-hmm. Cause this movie, I mean, I guess it's not surprising, but it doesn't go to the Oscars. No, I would have liked to have seen Burt Lancaster get a supporting actor nomination though. I think he's very, very good. He
2: is very good. Uh, I feel like this would have been one of those movies that was like, kind of like, like again, like waking Ned divine was like a, kind of a sleeper hit the yeah. word of mouth kind of thing that, you know, picks up steam.
1: Well, and I mean, I don't have the exact numbers, but it, it did make a profit. It That's wasn't good. like it wasn't like a huge
2: hit. So they at least were able to pay uh, uh, Lancaster his two million bucks. Yeah, I think I think
1: the movie cost around two million pounds, and I think they made about five million dollars. So it's like a, it was a minor hit. A minor hit. It didn't lose money, but clearly a classic. So no Oscars. But <sighs> <sighs> what do we? T- the oscars we don't care we don't give a fuck they don't mean shit to the british film institute the baftas the british academy of film and television awards yes it is nominated for the following best film best film music best original screenplay best editing best cinematography and best supporting actor for burt lancaster sweep nominations so oh. it only wins for one it wins for best direction from bill forsyth okay uh, I'm surprised
2: Mark Knopfler didn't get the nod for uh, Best Music just because uh, he's a famous American music well I mean guy. they get nominated for Best
1: nominated for Best Film Music yeah uh, they also uh, this movie actually uh, wins a couple of interesting things too it it, it wins uh, Best Screenplay at the National Society of Film Critics and the New York Film Film Critics Circle cool and it also places number 7 in the top 10
2: films of 1983 according to the National Board of Review well I always trust the word of the National Board of Review that's right they're where I get all my government related review information from love me some nbr that's right not to be confused with npr well
1: or or pbr or pbs or cbs Mm -hmm. let's have some
2: pbr but we watch pbs uh outside of the bfi at the ussr embassy i don't know where we're going but i will give you my passport to russia
1: and uh finally i mean this is one of those rare movies that has a 100 on rotten tomatoes wow yeah I mean, not a, like a lot of reviews, but wow. enough to give it a hundred percent.
2: Nice, like a view to a kill, the greatest James Bond.
1: Movie. Um, I don't know if that's accurate <laughs> about the hundred percent, but um, it's a movie yeah. that was made and it has James Bond. I agree uh, about that. Yeah, it was. Well, local hero is number thirty-seven on the BFI top one hundred, and I think we got, we kind of said and definitely I thought that we needed it because we've done a lot of horrifically depressing yeah. movies lately. I mean, life is sweet was kind of. I mean that wasn't that long ago, but that was like uh, I guess "Life is Sweet" and
2: "Sense of Sensibility" weren't super depressing, but we've had a lot of depressing movies. I I, I feel like this movie has a similar vibe, if not subject matter, to "The Full Monty." Like it's yes. got kind of that not as British fun, like yeah. you know, it's, it's people that are you know kind of lower class down in the lock, but you know looking it's a, up. It's a, it's it's more low key, yeah. I think. Maybe it's got like the Full
1: Monty vibe with like the low key, more low key nature of like four weddings. If Cass was
2: funny. Then maybe you'd have this movie. What do you mean? It'd be like if if when the bird died, it like exploded and then knocked the brother into the ocean. That'd be pretty sweet. That didn't happen? It's been a while since I watched cast. Uh, not, not in the version I saw. You might have seen the director's cut. I saw, I saw the screenwriter's cut. It was oh, weird. Yeah, it was, that's a, you don't usually see those. <laughs> no, most of it was just shots of pages. Just shots of pages intercut with brief pieces of film. Pages at NBC, I mean. Oh Oh, so Kenneth was there. Wow, this is a rabbit hole <laughs> to climb out
1: of it. Uh, but anyway, yeah. So um, this is like kind of known as a whimsical comedy, local hero, and it definitely is. But I think it has a lot going on at the same time. It's a lot of social commentary about you know big city life and you know small uh, towns with the interesting twist that we mentioned that they mm. actually want to sell yep. the town off. There's a little bit of stuff on the Cold War with the whole like jets flying overhead. Yeah. They kind of mentioned that a little bit,
2: and you know the Russian guy that comes over to do yeah. his, uh, to do his, with, his financial... with his prominent red star and hammer and sickle pinned to his jacket while he checks his investments. Right, <laughs> he's um, a party man, all right. And I think I I think this movie I bet's best describe it as patient. Yeah,
1: it's not slow. I don't really find it slow, but it's like patient filmmaking like you're you're not you're you're not bored but you're like you're like just kind of taking everything
2: in and it gives the characters time to kind of grow i feel like the pace of the movie reflects the pace of life in the town
1: yeah but in a good way like yeah. not like english patient where i wanted to rip my eyes out yeah
2: this is like well paced yeah no the english patient was not accurate either because in world war ii things were way more fast paced than that movie was i don't know bullets are pretty slow well if you're using subsonic ammo maybe what, is there another kind of ammo yeah supersonic ammo well <laughs> yeah you that's dummy what I, that's what i think i know you said you liked
1: it but do you have anything else to, to kind of wrap up this uh this film this, uh, this, uh this... not
2: specifically just that it's a great movie and i don't understand why peter regan is not a goddamn superstar after this movie he's great yeah he's, great. he's good i like all the acting in the movie pretty much didn't they make a sequel to animal house was he in that I don't think so. Surely they must have I made mean, some, like, American Pie-style fucking no, direct-to-video. I, no, not in that time. That's more of a modern thing to no, do. No, no, but, I mean, they could have. They could have made a modern sequel to that. And it's like, oh, they got Stephen first the year before he died to be in it. It's like, oh, Flounder's back. But no. he's a professor now.
1: I'm pretty sure they never did. Oh, okay. Uh, you're thinking of Caddyshack 2. Oh, yeah, Jackie Mason. <laughs> yeah, classic. On the BFI. <laughs> uh, so so that's Local Hero. I mean, I, th- I, think, uh, I think we nailed it. Yeah. I think... They nailed it. We nailed it. Everybody nailed it. Everybody got nailed. That's right. So, Jason, what time is it now? It is time. It is time. It is Vader time. It's Leon
2: White time. 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 Here we go. It's time to roll some dice, and I believe we don't have to check the tape, Brendan. It's my turn this time. Is it? Yes. Because we checked last week, and you rolled it last week because I blew on the dice. And then I blew all over the dice. And then we got to watch this movie. Let's tell the people what we're doing. Well, what we're doing is we're using our patent approved method for going through the list of films. Because we think, we thought when we started this podcast, if we just did them in order, that's no fun. So what we do instead is we roll some dice and we go, hoo ah, and then we Much, get a number. Yeah, we Al Pacino the we dice. Al Pacino these dice. Don't get and uh, we get ourselves a movie So What does he fuck? Everywhere Everywhere Wait was that a, Wasn't that a Gary Oldman line? No that's Devil's Advocate Oh star get, Am I, I'm star thinking Starring of Gary Oldman If only Oh god that would have been great No I'm thinking of uh, What was a uh, No in, uh, in uh, The Professional When uh, when, he, when Gary Oldman's character goes I want you to kill them all Or I want you to kill everyone And the guy goes Everyone And he goes Everyone Wow yeah, I'm sorry to blow out your ears, folks, but there you go. So we're going to roll these dice. And whatever number we land on. And we might land on that movie that Gary Oldman directed, <laughs> but we'll see. If you do, that'd be crazy. That would be crazy, considering we were just talking about it earlier randomly, because okay. it's near life is sweet on the list. So <laughs> here <Okay>. we go. <laughs> oh, <Bruce Lee>. <laughs> <laughs> you need to know our entire thought process. That, All right. That, 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 oh, that I dropped count. the dice. That, doesn't, that count. Doesn't, count. doesn't count. No, I need it. Move your foot. Oh, sorry. Here we go. Thought so you wanted to rub my foot. No, no. Uh, I'm going to make does you, out with your foot very yes, soon. I
1: have whipped toes. Oh,
2: right. we that, go. That, that, that. <laughs> we have zero, zero, and eight. Number eight? Did we already watch number eight? No, we've All watched right. number seven. All right, we'll find out what number eight okay, is. Okay, Jason, we're going. We right finally, after cast. We finally got another movie on the top
1: ten. Top ten. We, oh, oh, I'm excited. What is it? We're watching 1973's Don't Look Now, starring Donald Sutherland and your favorite and mine, Julie Christie. Christie. Awesome. This is a movie I've seen. I've not. A long time ago. I like Donald Sutherland. Uh Yeah. And Julie Christie. Animal
2: House. There we go. Back to, brings it all back around. There you go. The dice knows what's up. Was Julie Christie one of the girls in Animal House? <laughs> yeah. She was, she was Bluto. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know when she's like... Oh wait wait wait! Isn't that the thing? They need to make Animal House, but with ladies. Uh, they kind of did that with Neighbors too. Yeah, but that's a sequel. It needs an original thing. Anyway, sorry. Right, yeah, so we're gonna watch.
1: Oh, oh wait wait! That needs to be an original, yeah. like an original ladies Animal House. That's right.
2: Absolutely. <laughs> ground floor original version of a movie that all already exists. Perfect. That's the very definition of original work. <laughs> uh yeah,
1: no, I'm excited about yeah. this. This is our first, also our first like horror film. Oh. Uh, oh. I mean. If you don't count like the last twenty minutes of Black Narcissus, yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's a horror thriller about uh, a fa- parents uh, grieving over a child. So oh, okay, cool, yeah. So that is what we're watching. Don't look now. Actually, this movie you could probably find around. It's a very, it's a kind of a well-known film, and it should be available in a lot of different places. So check it out. Check it out. But. Now that we've decided what we're doing next week, well, we didn't decide. The dice decided. The dice decide. You can find us on Twitter. You can, and everybody else can, at BFI underscore pod. You can also find Jason on Twitter. At Jason D. McLeod. That's M A C L E O D. That's right. Unlike some podcast Jasons, this Jason is on Twitter, you guys. That's right. And you can also find us on the podcatchers iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, and Spotify. That having been said, Jason, I just want to say, God save the queen. And I just want to say, God save the screen. And I just want to say, for Screen and Country, I've been Brendan. And I've been Jason. I would like to buy your town. Mm, we'll talk. I was
0: born in a small town. And a in a small town. My parents live in the same small town
1: It's, it's late, it's it time, it let's check our cue, baby
0: Pair it with a couple, a couple it's brooks, it's baby it's We love good movies We love
2: the bad ones, too so we watch them all and pass their ooh, lessons on to you. Ooh, oh, yeah. Banap, banap, banap,
1: banounced. Banap, banap,
2: Everything I learned from movies Helps to make life a little bit groovy. We're one that's blot holes, a gratuitous movie. It's time to get busy with your friend Steven Izzy
0: at eilfm.podbean.com
2: Hi, I'm Ellen, and I'm scared we exist in the Matrix. I'm Jaslyn and I'm bad at ad living. <laughs> and you're listening to... High, High expectations. expectations! The promo. For our international listeners, you can appreciate our cute New Zealand accents. For our local listeners, you might bump into us in the street three times in the same hour. Our podcast is about... Pop culture. Sexuality. Relationships. Interesting hobbies. Banter and ragging on each other. You can find us on... Apple Podcasts. SoundCloud. Pocket Casts. Podcast Addict. Or anywhere you might like to find podcasts. Yay!
0: Please subscribe. Goodbye!
2: Hey, what's up everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Meta-Human Affairs. This one is a story... All you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the Department of Meta Human Affairs or DMA and check it out right now.